Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I'm your host, Amy from Amy Natalie Co., spiritual teacher, mindset coach, and speaker. I'm here to remind you how to tap into your feminine frequency to elevate your relationships, attract more money, and feel confident in your body. Each week, I'll be sharing wisdom from guest experts and guided meditations, along with my favorite spiritual mindset techniques so that you can access abundance, love, and manifest a life that is in alignment with your soul's true desires. Let's do this, sister. Hello, beautiful soul. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. I am so grateful to have you here today. Today we have a very fiery podcast episode with my guest, Monica Yates, where we talk all things about connecting with your menstrual cycle, understanding men, and releasing trauma bonding. It's a really, really powerful episode, and if you have kids around, make sure to put your headphones in. We got really spicy in this one, Um, so make sure to um, plug your headphones in, and we're about to go on a journey together. Before we do that, I want to let you know that all of the Feminine Frequency podcast episodes are now available on YouTube, so if you would like to watch any of the episodes, have a visual of myself and my guests while we're doing the interview, you can scroll down in the show notes from today and click on the YouTube link to watch us over there, which is really fun, and make sure to subscribe to my YouTube channel. And also, I wanted to invite you over to my private Facebook group, The Conference Confidence Collective. You can find that in the show notes as well. The Confidence Collective is a private Facebook group where I have been recording live trainings and doing some special, um, creating special content specifically for my community in the Confidence Collective. So make sure to come on over and join us over there. All right, so our guest today, Monica Yates, is a life coach, period whisperer, and a speaker. She is a double Sagittarius and rising Gemini, an Enneagram 8, and a generator. Monica Monica helps women to get into their magnetic as fuck feminine energy, and men feel ecstasy and intimacy. Over the years, Monica has become an expert in helping women step out of their masculine armor, tap into their core of their feminine desires, and live a life in alignment. Through the use of trauma healing, inner child healing, womb clearing, womb activation, subconscious reprogramming, embodiment, somatic hurt, somatic work, and a shit ton of other modalities, she has helped thousands of women heal their cycle, reconnect their period, break their trauma cycles, and no longer be triggered by their past. Monica has an amazing Instagram account, Monica Yates Health, and she also has a podcast called Feminine as Fuck. Enjoy this episode, and we'll see you on the other side. Hello, Monica, who is into Loom right now. Welcome to the Feminine Frequency Podcast. Hello. Thank you so much for having me, Amy. I'm very excited to be here. Yeah, I've been tuning into like your energy and who you are and the things that come to me off the bat are just like unapologetic, powerful, 
um, thought leader, someone who really is paving your own way. And I am really looking forward to tapping into that together today and opening up some new possibilities for the women who are listening. Thank you for the compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I would love to start by having you share about your journey, specifically around the area of womb health and menstrual cycles. And I want to hear why you're so passionate about it. I want to hear where that comes from. Um, well, when I lost my period a few years ago and I was trying to get it back, when I eventually, so firstly, I lost it for ages. And firstly, I was like, this is fucking the bee's knees. I hate being a woman. I hate having my cycle. Yay, no period. Because no one told me like the importance of having a period. So I was like, this is fucking awesome. I don't have the burden of it anymore. Anyway, long story short, when I started being like, okay, I need to get the shit back. I started to read a lot about periods and do a lot of research. And I got angry at first of like, why the fuck did no one teach me this shit? Like no one taught my mom. So how is my mom meant to teach me? At school, it's like one fucking science lesson of just like trauma, basically. And as in like you get traumatized. Um, (laughs) And that just, I remember I was reading this book in my bed and I was like fuming. I was really, and a lot of women's responses when they first learn everything is I'm kind of pissed. Like, why did no one teach me this stuff when it's like so important? Um, And I feel like that's been like kind of a driving force for me to talk about all this stuff. Even for men, I'm like, this is something that half the world is experiencing all the time, different phases of our cycle. And there is so much power behind it and power behind it for men as well. Why are we not taught this shit? This stuff is more important than fucking maths. Um, So that's kind of been like a driving force for me. And even like all the different things that I talk about and teach on and coach people through, like I'm so passionate about everything because I'm like, we as a society, if we were more embodied in these areas, like the world would be a very different place. I believe like we would still have shit going on. I'm not saying that would fix everything, but like it would, it's, it's important stuff that I'm talking about, especially when it comes to like the masculine and feminine and women, not emasculating men and the way that we hold our trauma in our body and then how it gets projected onto other people. Like that shit is important. And if people were more educated and empowered to do this work, and if like, if this work became almost compulsory in schools or in uni or whatever, or it became became more mainstream, people would be so much happier. People's relationships would be easy as fuck. And like things would just be easier in the world. Mm-hmm. Amen. I'm all about it. And I know for me, this has been coming up in my life a lot. I think I stopped taking birth control probably like five years ago. And obviously that's like the normal thing that you're, you get told to do when you're younger and either having sex or like trying not to have cramps around your period. It's like, Oh, let's just give them the pill because that's the thing we know how to do to suppress all of the problems and mask them. And then when you finally do come off, you have to create a new relationship with your cycle. And for me, it's been quite the journey. And the more tuned in, I get to my own cycles the more I've been able to use them to my benefit of knowing myself and even in my business, being able to apply, like, where am I at in my cycle in relation Mm. to how I'm showing up in my business and how am I scheduling my days and my months Mm. around my Mm. cycle? It's something that I've become also super passionate about. And so I love that you are bringing this conversation through so powerfully. And this is needed right now. The, The collective is is going to deeply benefit from this conversation. 
Good. I'm so glad. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm not someone that necessarily, I don't schedule my whole life around my cycle. Um, I'm, I'm a double Sag, a rising Gemini at Enneagram at a generator. So it's a lot of like fire and energy and go, go, go. So I'm not someone that like, I, I know some people, for example, that like they don't take their clients when they're bleeding. And like, I respect all of that, but I personally don't. And I'm not an advocate for doing that. Not because it's wrong, but I'm just like, I love, I think it's important that we don't overcomplicate it because we have to be able to integrate it easily into our life. And if you start saying to everyone, you got to not work when you're bleeding, it's like, that's impossible for a lot of people. So it becomes like out of reach. But if you, if you, the way that I like to look at it for like just a mainstream kind of, um, the, the mainstream way to kind of look at it more so is like, it's so beautiful to understand why you're maybe more self-critical during your luteal phase. And by knowing that you're like, Oh, it's just my luteal phase. Sweet. Moving on rather than going down this fucking spiral of like, why am I being mean to myself? Why am I criticizing myself more? Why am I tired? Why do I want to exercise this week? When you understand your cycle, you don't then have that inner talk in your head. You're not trying to be someone else. You're like, Oh, it's my luteal phase. That's why I don't want to like do a hit, hit class this morning. And I want to like, fucking lay in bed for an extra hour and then you can embrace that because you understand that about yourself i think knowing your cycle it's beautiful because then it helps you not have the shame and the pity and the guilt when you're like i don't want to work as hard this week or i'm really exhausted or whatever it is because you know where you are in your cycle the bottom line is women need to stop trying to be men like a man can do the same shit every day because they have a 24-hour cycle we can't. So like subconsciously, we're like comparing ourselves to other women and those women are trying to be men or trying to compete with men or we're comparing ourselves to men. And I'm like, guys, you're comparing a fucking orange and a cauliflower. Like they're not the same. Like, like they're not the same. You're not comparing an orange to an orange. You're comparing an orange to a fucking cauliflower. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I love this piece because it really speaks to having grace with yourself and not in the way where we become a victim to our cycles and have to like compensate for it, but it's more of the honoring of where we're at in our cycle. And I see people doing this a lot with human design or with astrology where it's like, oh, well in my chart, it says I'm this way. So I'm going to, I'm yeah, like not do all these things when it's like, no, let's integrate it. Let's work with it it's great to know who you are and use all these modalities, but let's not like use them as excuses for why we can't do things. Exactly. I actually did a post on this like a while ago about like, I mean, I love the good, like Sagittarius memes and whatever, but I don't put people in boxes and I don't think that you should put yourself in a box based on like, I'm a generator. So X, ABC or I'm a projector. So I need a nap after I do a podcast. It's like, yes, some of you might feel like that. Like, I'm not saying don't honor that if that's what you fucking need. But I think people can, people like to get attached to like what someone's told them about themselves could actually gives them this like false sense of safety. And it gives them an excuse. It gives them an excuse to not push forward, to not level up, to not do things. Um, And one thing that I hate about like astrology, for example, is, and with the memes, and this is the whole post that I wrote about it was like, Sagittarius are always like Sagittarius will never have relationships. They hate being in committed relationships, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, no, Sagittarius hate being with boring people. They don't hate committed relationships. They're not afraid of fucking commitment. They are, they are like, get me the fuck out of a vanilla land. And frankly, most people don't want a boring relationship. That's not a fucking Sag thing. That's just like a most people thing. It's just that Sagittarius really own that part of themselves because they're really fiery and maybe like cancers don't own that part of themselves, right? Because they just want all the love in the world. And that doesn't mean 
like that doesn't mean as as Sagittarius that you can't be in a relationship. It's just like it's just a fucking meme. Like anyway, bottom line is yes, don't put yourself in a box, and also don't use your luteal phase as an excuse for like you not being able to like show up for yourself that week. It's it's always like I always say it's listen to your body, listen to your desires, right? Because if you are like feeling exhausted. And you are like, I honestly don't want to like go to Pilates this morning. Amazing. Honor that. But if you're using your luteal phase as an excuse to like sleep in because you've been staying up really late and you just like don't want to exercise because you like just hate exercise or you're just being fucking lazy, then that's an excuse that isn't actually supportive to your cycle at all. Mm-hmm. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. So clear. Yeah. I, I 1000% agree <laughs> with that. And I, and I love that perspective on it. I'm sure this will trigger some people, which is great. Yeah. Um, so, <laughs> um, so let's talk more about that where like we're comparing these like oranges to cauliflower. And mm-hmm. I was actually having this conversation with my best friend uh, yesterday around how women are trying to show up in a way that similar to like how men show up and how we are completely different Mm. entities. We have different needs. We have different ways of viewing the world and experiencing the world. And I think we have a little bit more of the sensitivity and the, the there's, there's a different essence. So without saying that men are bad and wrong and there's something wrong with the way they operate. No, let's, 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 let's pull this apart a little bit and and really look at how can we honor ourselves as feminine beings and how can we also be, have respect for men in their ways of operating. This is the peanut butter to my jelly. So firstly, when you understand that men and women have different brains, like for example, women have more white matter and than men. And all that means is that when there's like, let's say for example, an argument or a conversation, we can process our thoughts really quickly. It's like there's less space between the little, the little white men inside our heads. There's less space between them. So they can process like things really quickly, but a man, he can't process things as quickly. So that's why often they're like, I need space. I need to think about this. And women are like, Oh my God, why? And it's like, because we're actually different human beings. And when women are constantly trying to be men, I'm like, you're never going to fucking win because our nervous systems are also so different. So you will, you will never win because your body will give out before your mind gives out. So that will look like adrenal fatigue, burnout, hormonal dysregulation, basically what 90% of women have these days. And it's really interesting when you look at the dynamic in society, like it looks like from an outside perspective that women are trying to show men we're as good as you. And like one, men have, as a generalization, most men do not think women are weaker or not as good, right? That is the majority of men do not think that. The majority of men actually think women are the strongest people I know. The women in my life are so fucking strong. I don't know how they do it. And I've done like, I, I do, a, I'm, I'm doing a big survey on all this stuff at the moment. So this is shit that I'm getting like from, like straight from the source. Um, and uh, yeah, so, so it looks like women are trying to be men, but when you actually dig deeper, all, all it is, is women are ripping other women down. So it's making them feel weak and not enough. So they are pushing and proving and pushing uh, and pushing themselves because they want to look good enough in the eyes of other women. They want to win. They want to show their strength. It's actually women saying to other women, you're weak, you're not enough. We as a we as a gender are not as good as men, not as blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, we are putting ourselves down. And this is actually the issue. So it's not men. 
as generalization being like women are weak, right? When they hold open a door for us, they're not saying you can't hold open your own door. They're saying, I'm just being a nice fucking human is all they're saying, right? And it's us, it's our internal stupid thoughts that are saying I'm weak. So it's actually really interesting when you look at it, it's really about like when you can heal your relationship with women and obviously men, it's like it changes the fucking game. And when you are constantly trying to be a man in your business, in your relationship, all it does is it butts heads with men in your relationship. So you'll never have a thriving relationship, number one, or your man will just give up and then he'll become like very submissive. And then you'll bitch about him behind your back of why does Simon never do an X, Y, and Z for me? And it's like, um, because you don't let him. That's why. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know, you've got all these women complaining about being single. And then at the same time, all men are dicks. All men want is sex. Blah, blah, why, why don't men hold open the door anymore? Where's the chivalry gone? But then when there is chivalry, they're like, can I, not, can I not hold open my own fucking door? I'm like, oh my God, can you hear yourself? Like, it's it's terrible. And so like m- women just have so much anger towards men that's been passed down generationally. And if you want to be living like more in alignment, more in flow, more in ease as a woman, more in your feminine, you actually need to heal your relationship with men in order to feel safe in your feminine. Because so many women, it's 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 coming from this like anger and bitterness of like, I've got to prove myself. Meanwhile, men are like, prove what? Like, I'm not telling you that you're bad. Like, you're not, not good enough. Like, what are you trying to do? But it's actually you trying to look good enough in the face of other women like the the bitchiness that goes on between women the re- it's called relational aggression the relational aggression that goes on between women is like diabolical these days men just say this shit straight to their face and again when you understand biology you get it right because men they're not afraid of losing friends because they can be alone and still like fight for themselves. Women, we thrive off intimacy and we thrive off connections. We have to be in a community in order to survive. So women won't say to someone, to another woman, to her face, like stop being a fucking bitch and like X, Y, and Z and draw a boundary because they're so afraid of losing that woman and then that woman bitching about them behind their back and then losing a bunch more friends, them being alone. Your brain is like, if I'm alone, I die. If men, if they're alone, they're like fucking sweet. If a man is being smothered by a woman or women, he will actually have a fear of death from too much intimacy, right? Because men don't want to be smothered versus women. If there's not enough intimacy, our, our biological fear of death will then come up. And it doesn't come up like if your boyfriend's not cuddling, you don't, you don't think in your head, I'm going to die. It's deeply subconscious. But when you actually go through with all the layers, the actual fear is I'm going to die. So that's kind of the piece on men and women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that piece that you just explained about how women don't want to actually set their boundaries. I literally just had that conversation with a client last night. And um, it, it's so interesting how at the very, very core of a lot of our human behavior and our relational behavior, it does come back to that biological fear of being alone. And that if we're alone, it means we're going to die. And our conscious mind, like you said, does not think this. It's not like, yeah this is what we're constantly walking around being like, Oh, if I say that thing, then I'm going to die. It's like, no, it's deeply, deeply rooted. And we, we get to start to look at these things. And the other thing that you shared of like men really like their primary core value is freedom when they feel caged or trapped or like someone's leeching or attaching onto them, even if it's just energetically, they're, they're not going to be happy. And as women, our primary value is intimacy and connection. 
connection. And when we feel like we're not getting intimacy or connection, then like we feel like we're, we lost love. We've, we've, we've disconnected from love. So super powerful, both of those conversations. And I just think that when you know, when, when you can understand the opposite sex, your whole life changes, like in relationships, in friendships, like with men and in your relationships, when you understand a man, you stop all that internal dialogue in your head of like, what if he doesn't love me anymore? What is he thinking? You're just like, oh, ABC, XYZ, this is what's happening. It just becomes, it becomes like a little jigsaw puzzle that you know how to work out. I'm like, men are simple. Men are fucking simple. <laughs> yeah. Let, let's talk more about that. There's like 5 yeah. million, 5 million directions that I want to go right yeah. now. Cause I feel really lit up, but let, let's go into that a little bit of understanding the opposite sex and, and, and understanding because what I see, especially with attachment styles is women, you know, end up having the anxious attachment or anxious avoidant attachment. Mm. Um, and if they were to be able to understand both stand in their value and speak their truth and set healthy boundaries, along with understanding how men operate, I think we would have a totally different landscape when it comes to relationships and dating. Yeah. And I think men also need to understand women. Like that's obviously a part of it too. Like it works both ways. And for anyone that doesn't know attachment styles, so like an anxious attachment style is let's say for example, your boyfriend doesn't text you or the guy that you're dating doesn't text you for like two hours. You start to get stressed about like, you start to get stressed and you feel like you want more of him. You're missing him. You're like, why is it like you're checking your phone every five minutes or every five seconds? That's an anxious attachment style, right? An anxious avoidant. And this used to be me, if I'd get anxious for a second and then I'd be like, fuck this, I'm out, you're dead. And then you avoid, right? And you avoid because you actually want more of him. So like secretly you want to be like him to like chase you and just like be your hero. And it's like a Rapunzel moment, but you're actually being, avo- you're, you're actually being avoidant because you're anxious. And then avoidant is as soon as something goes like a little bit like rocky or whatever, you just tap out and you avoid and it's like a trauma response to that. So they all come from childhood trauma. And yes, we need to set boundaries in relationships and it's your responsibility to heal your attachment style and to heal all the wounds that you have that's proje- that you're projecting into the relationship. It's not their responsibility to like text you back within five seconds. Like it's healthy for him to not text you for a day because he's busy living his life. It's unhealthy if he was glued to his phone, not being present with his guy friends because he needs to text you every five seconds. Like that's not healthy either. Like you and him or you and her, whatever the dynamic is, being able to have your own individual lives and come back stronger, it always creates a sexiest relationship because you're both like confident, independent people and you're coming together not because you need each other but because you want each other. So firstly, like heal all your trauma before you like project it into a relationship. The second thing I'm also going to say actually is like know what trauma bonding is. Because if you don't know what trauma bonding is, you might be in a relationship that is trauma bonded and that's why you're so fucking anxious all the time and you healed your shit and you can't figure out why and it's because you're in this trauma bond. So a trauma bond for anyone that doesn't know really quickly is basically like when you're in those relationships where it's like up, down, up, down, up, down, that's like a trauma bonded relationship where he, for example, will go a bit distant for three days or whatever, or be a bit MIA and you're like having a meltdown, starting your friends, what did I do? And then he comes back and it's like really apologetic or like nothing happened kind of thing. And that, that basically the highs of him coming back gives you so many of those feel good hormones, the dopamine, the serotonin, the oxytocin gives you so much of the feel good hormones, all of them that you only remember those times and you become addicted 
to the dopamine, serotonin, the oxytocin. So then when he then drops off the radar again, you forget about that because you're so hooked on the ups and downs. And the funny thing is majority of people have only experienced a trauma-bonded relationship. So then when they're, and I'm sure you've seen this, Amy, then when they're in a normal relationship, they're like, this shit's boring. So then they ditch the normal relationships and it's not because it's boring. It's because it's actually fucking healthy and their nervous system because of their trauma is actually addicted to the adrenaline. So when there's not adrenaline around their board and the way that we also see this is men that have been in the war or women that have been in the war in Afghanistan, whatever, like fighting, they have constant like releases of adrenaline, right? That when they come back and there's no adrenaline, they're so bored that they have to do things that give them that near death experience. And they've done studies where, you know, watching a horror movie gives them, gives them four times the amount of morphine that you would get in the hospital is what's in their body with the adrenaline, because that's how addicted they are that their body is used to making that much of it. You know, so people get addicted to finding these these hits of adrenaline, whether it's, you know, doing like skydiving or like, you know, one of my friends, she became addicted to um, uh, climbing, I can't remember the name, climbing ice. If you're if you, like in like Colorado, there's those like ice waterfalls where it freezes and she'd climb them. Like if you fall, you die. But people get really addicted to the adrenaline and they don't realize it. I mean, fuck, people get addicted to adrenaline from work and they don't realize they're addicted to it. So when there's not adrenaline, they're really fucking bored. Um, so firstly, like make sure you're not in a trauma-bonded relationship. And then when you know that and you're like really in your own value, you you can stand your ground, you know yourself, you trust yourself and you're like, you're not insecure. That's a great place to be drawing boundaries from because if you're drawing quote unquote boundaries from an insecure place, it can often just be a projection of like, you have to make me feel safe rather than I can make myself feel safe and let's make sure this is healthy. And if you're doing something that would not make anyone feel safe, I'm going to draw a boundary around that. But if it's like, you need to reply to me within an hour, that's a really like, um, that's just, that's a ridiculous expectation to put on someone basically. Um, so yeah, it's really important that you draw boundaries from a healthy place because I think sometimes but I think I know that sometimes people confuse boundaries with like, I'm just going to project what I need from you rather than what I desire from you, which is two totally different energies. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally different energies. I'm really glad that you clarified that. Yeah. I'm just going to say something that's super like sexy about your style of teaching is that it is such a beautiful combination of like the science and also just being really fucking real and just being yourself. And I really just want to take a moment to to highlight and celebrate that. I think that's really part of your unique genius that you bring. Thank you. I'm all about like, don't bypass like the reality. I'm like, I think a lot of spiritual um, teachers, coaches, healers, it's just like, woo, woo, woo. It's like, oh, you haven't manifested your soulmate. Well, like you got to keep healing yourself. I'm like, or he just hasn't come in yet or like, or you're just actually meeting shitty guys or like, you're not leaving your fucking house. Like I, I'm like, I'm also like being reality. Cause I think a lot of people that are getting into the spiritual world, which is fucking amazing. Cause I'm all about that. They then start to actually put it all on themselves and they don't let, they don't let themselves live in reality. Everything becomes like, what's the meaning? And they, they emotionally bypass themselves. Like if something shit happens, they're just like, trust the process. It's all meant to be. And they bottle up and suppress the fact that they were like really hurt in that moment or the fact they were really fucking afraid. And so, yeah, don't emotionally bypass yourself. Otherwise you'll attract in emotionally unavailable people. Um, so thank you. Thank you, Amy. 
Yeah. So I'd love to dive into this more because I have a lot of single friends. I also have a lot of friends who are in relationships and I'm currently in a, in a partnership. And, um, I, I just see so much of this. There are brilliant, beautiful, fucking amazing women. And I love them so much. And they're not in a relationship. And there's this like, what is the difference for them between like the deep desire of like, they really do want to be in partnership versus like the feeling about having to like need a relationship. And it's so, it is interesting to me that they're so brilliant and, and like amazing people and not in partnership. But one of the things that I really want to speak to and, and, and then hear your perspective on is this like romanticized idea that being in a relationship is better or that like this idea that like our stuff, I don't know that like in order to really be able to enjoy the fullness of life, that like relationship has to be part of it. And like, I love being in a partnership and also there's just something really interesting happening right now. I think in in the spiritual world of dating and conscious relationship, I feel like we're in a turning point right now. I you know that was like five questions. In no, one, I know I've got like it. so many different like <laughs> points. I'm like, okay, remember them all, Monica. Okay. So firstly, okay. What was my first one? So firstly, we need to factor in that like beautiful, intelligent, smart, high achieving women. One, are they deeply in their feminine? Like that's number one to honor. Cause a lot of them are not, they're like control freaks got to be perfect X, Y, and Z. So that's not going to, that's not going to attract in the men they want. Cause those women want like super masculine men. But the problem is they won't attract them in because they're so masculine and those really masculine men want really feminine women. Two things on that. Be aware of making sure that you're not just looking for masculine as in like, he's got to have like tats, stubble, messy hair, blah, blah, blah. Like I know some men that are like more well-groomed, but they are so fucking masculine. They would not, if a woman held open their own, their own car door, like he'd flip his shit kind of thing. Right. So like make sure that you're focusing on masculine being the energy. Second thing is that really high achieving women, let's just be fucking real. They're intimidating, like full stop. You have to factor in right now with society that men are actually constantly afraid around women because they are so afraid of being accused of doing the wrong thing. Hence like my fucking activism about like stop fucking emasculating men they're so afraid of doing the wrong thing they're afraid that you know this high achieving woman and let's be real these women are are often the ones that also are like i don't need no fucking man like i can beat men x y and z so then they're these men are then afraid of going up to them at them in bars or asking them out on dates or being like being really chivalrous and amazing because then they're like oh she's just gonna turn around and be like fuck off you creep um or like bloody slap a lawsuit on them right so you gotta factor in that like these days men are really afraid of those things i've talked to countless of my male friends and like they'll be out of bars like pre-covid they'll be out of bars or whatever it is um and they'll want to go up to a woman and i'll and they'll tell me about it afterwards and i'm like why didn't you go up to him and they're like uh because i don't want her to turn around and be like fuck off you freak like Mm. or like you're like what like you're a dirty guy like oh my god what a creep and so they just won't go up to them and it breaks my heart right because women also don't want to be the ones to go up to 
the men. The men want to chase in their DNA. They want to be the ones that long for the women, even if they say they don't. And they appreciate women coming up to them. They appreciate being asked out on dates. I'm not denying that. But what I'm, and it's more so now because they're just so afraid of it. They're like, oh, Holly's, I didn't have to make the first move. And because and, they're so afraid of rejection and not from like an insecurity place, but from like a society has made it dangerous for them to just go up to women. Like it's in my study of like, I remember one comment, one of the questions was like, what is something that you wish like women would know? And some, one of the answers was, um, was I wish that you knew that when I'm smiling, you smiling at you on the street, it doesn't mean I want to fuck you. It just is me smiling at you. And it like, that gives me goosebumps. The fact that men can't even like smile at women because they're so afraid of a woman then yelling at him across the street being like, like you fucking dirty man kind of thing. Like it's really heartbreaking. So you need to factor that in. The more powerful you are with your energy, the more intimidating you are. And that's not a bad thing. Like I'm a lot of energy. It's not a bad thing. It's just that you have to like factor it in and just be aware of it. So you might need to be the one to like extend the arm out kind of thing, especially if you're really confident extend your arm out, kind of make it obvious that you are interested X, Y, and Z. I'd say that is like a really important thing. Um, I would also say that, um, a lot of us subconsciously have a timeline as women, like one biology, like we have a, we have a, like a biological ticking clock. I totally honor that. Um, but what I, what I mean separate to that is that we have in our head, well, I have to date him for four years. Then we have to be engaged for a year. Then we have to be married for you. Then we can have a baby. So that's like six years. And then that becomes this scarcity energy, right? Of I need to find a partner now. I want a partner now. I want a partner now. And you don't realize that subconsciously it's because you're like, I have six years until I'm going to have a baby. And that's really deep down. And when you, and that's society's kind of timeline, right? It's kind of been passed down from our parents. Like it's very common for that to be the timeline. But when you can like condense it and be like, well, actually I could meet like my fucking soulmate. We could be engaged within five months, married the next month and have a baby the same year. It's like, oh, there's no fucking rush at all. And then that kind of takes that sixth year and puts it down into like one or two years, right? Because at the end of the day, time is an illusion. So I feel like remembering that is also really helpful for women too, um, because we do have that ticking time clock. And then what else? What else? Definitely being your feminine. Um, oh, and I think a lot of women also, they, they, I mean, the obvious ones, like you're afraid of heartbreak, all these kind of things. You're afraid of the success of a relationship. So it's just easier to like not have that blah, blah, blah. Um, also, if you've grown up or if you've constantly been in trauma, trauma bonded relationships, if you're a really high achieving woman and this used woman, this used to be me, I was like, I don't want the headache of a relationship. Like I can't, like, I can't do my job and be stressed and be on this roller coaster all the time. And that was because I was in trauma. I was in a trauma bonded relationship. I wasn't in a healthy relationship that never affected my job. So that's also the other thing is, 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 is if you're dating in your relationship, it's affecting your job. You are dating the wrong fucking people. Um, so I would say that as well. And then the other thing is with understanding men on that side of the spectrum. So in the conscious dating realm, it's all about like, you know, lay it out all on the table date one. Like you can tell him everything. You can draw the boundaries. And like, if he's meant to be, he won't run. And I'm like, I'm sorry, you know, nothing about a man's nervous system. If you laid that shit out on the table, he would bolt. He would fucking bolt because this is just, this isn't all men. I'm just saying like the majority of men. Right. 
And because look, the majority of men aren't the men that have like done a pile of work and know how to hold the energy of a woman. So let's just also be real with that. The majority of men don't know that shit. Um, So if you dump everything on the table within a month, that will scare him away, not because he doesn't want to be with you, but his nervous system will take over from what his brain says. His brain, his heart could be like, oh, I love this woman, but his nervous system is doing something else. And so we need to, you need to be able to learn to play with a man's nervous system. And and what that means is honor when he needs space, right? Tell him something in in a really good time. Time is everything. Like make sure it's the right timing. Tell him something and then give him space and make sure you say it with no energetic pressure. It's like a chill way of saying it or send it to him via a text, right? So that he's got his time to like digest it and read it in his own time. And it's not putting him on the spot. Like, yes, we want to sometimes have those really big conversations in person. I'm not denying that. And if you were going to have them in person, don't jump down his throat when he doesn't respond within five minutes. Say something and then let him think. Even if that means he needs to leave the room 15 minutes, trust him. Like that's that's actually him honoring you by taking the time to think. If he was like, I don't want to talk about this, I'm not talking to you anymore, then fine. He hasn't he hasn't he hasn't honored you by taking the time to think. But most men will be like, I need some space, not because they don't want to see you again, but because they actually need just breathing room that's all they need whereas women want more and more and more intimacy so when you're having a conversation with a man the more space that you give the conversation in that like let there be pauses let him think about something you don't need to fucking talk every five seconds that will actually help him to feel safer around you and for his nervous system to feel safer so he won't be in this reactive state which can then make him do impulsive things like leaving for example or you know like plastering a label on you of crazy um So yeah, I would say like really learn to honor a man's nervous system in that they can hold a lot more stress than we can, just FYI. But in terms of emotional things, because of the way they've grown up, majority of men cannot hold as much emotional energy as we can. And they don't know how to navigate it, majority of them. So it's really important that you honor that instead of shaming them for it and trying to change them, just honor it and learn to work with it instead of getting frustrated by it. Because a lot of women just get frustrated by men not being able to understand emotions. And it's like, stop getting frustrated by it because that's not going to help you attract in a man. Just work with it, honor it, learn fucking men. Like that's that. And and learn yourself, like learn also your own behavior. Learn that when he leaves the room or when he's like, I need space, like what gets triggered? How can you, how can you hold yourself? So when you can learn also about yourself and you can learn what triggers you, it also means that when you have these moments where he's like, I need to leave the room or I need some space, instead of you going fucking psycho about it or having meltdowns and getting more attached to him, whether it's actually physically or whether it's just energetically putting pressure on him, when you can care to yourself, when you can when you can learn to know what you need to feel safe in those times, how can you be needy towards yourself? It becomes a safer relationship and on safety women like we're always about like women need to feel safe women need to feel safe. like yes and men also want to feel safe in their relationships like I feel like so many women just think men are bulletproof and like they don't matter and it's just about us and it's like mm, men also want to be heard men also want us to hold the space for them men also don't want us to fix the issue all the time and men also want to feel fucking safe in their relationship and be loved and be looked after and all that jazz. Mm. I feel like in the last five minutes, everyone who's listening to this learned more about relationships and how the opposite sex works and maybe about themselves in relationships than they have in like their entire life. So thank you for that. (laughs) 
Very welcome. Thanks for for opening the door. (laughs) Very welcome. I'm so glad. I love how fast you speak. It's awesome. Right right now I'm speaking slowly, by the way. Oh, okay, cool. Thank you. Thank you for that. (laughs) Okay. So I do have one more question because you've started to speak to it. And I think it is really important. You talked about like this idea of just like this, this new idea that conscious relationship is like, or conscious dating is like being, putting all the cards on the table and just Mm -hmm. saying whatever is on your mind. And we're also telling women, like, there's no such thing as being too much. Like you can't be too much. And so I've been having this dialogue in my head. I haven't really talked it out. And I'd love for you to like break this apart a little bit in the sense of what does it mean to like be yourself and also be honoring that like you can't just like fire hose men and like say whatever you want whenever you want and then be tell you but I, I'm not too much he just can't handle me yeah oh my god this is such a good point okay so like and I'm I this is important because like I am a lot of energy right and it's I asked some of my guy friends before that are like not into this work, by the way. I've got like a very small group of friends that are into this work, which I kind of love because it means that I get both sides of it. So I'm like not just in the spiritual world. Um, and I've asked them before, like, how do you handle me? And they're like, well, I just love you for you. And like, yeah, you are a lot, but I've learned to be able to like, quote unquote, handle it. And I also want to say they're my male friends. So I'm not, I'm not, I've never like projected all of my daddy wounds and everything on them because there is an element of safety in friendships that make you not feel like they're going to leave you. Like, I really want you guys to listen to this. So when you're with friends, girlfriends or guy friends, you rarely fear that they're going to leave because it's a friendship. Like it's just much less likely for it to like, you know, blow up and and then leave. But for some reason in relationships, we're so afraid the other person is going to leave all the time. And I think as women, if you don't have men or a man in your life that is there as a friend, whether it's a brother, whether it's a cousin, whether it is like, I've got a couple of um, much older males. And I mean, I'm quite young, much older males in my life. They're not old, but they're a lot older than me. And like, there's never been anything sexual ever will be because it's like they're kind of almost like a bit like my dad or like my much older brother. And it, that is really important because I always have the masculine energy in my life. So it means that I'm not like when you're dating one person, you're not trying to get everything from that person where then you become like so needy and the too muchness is because you're actually so afraid of them leaving that you subconsciously like project and become just really needy without you realizing. So I really want you guys to actually notice like the difference between a friendship and then like dating. And that's why it can be really powerful sometimes depending on everybody and depending on the situation to sometimes create friends before you create more or at least to have a strong foundation of that safety before you just fucking lure yourself into the deep end. And that could simply be that there's flirtiness there, right? But you're kind of like this friend's flirtiness for like a couple of weeks or a month, right? And he's still hanging around. So it gives you that element of safety before you just like die fucking in. Um, And as I had a request to do a podcast on like dating during lockdown. So I did one. And one thing that I was talking about in there in terms of like the biology of it and everything is that if you are like anxious during lockdown, so like London's in a fucked lockdown, right? So the request was like a London lockdown situation and, um, and like Europe and stuff. 
um, if you're like a bit more anxious right now than normal or like than you've ever been in your life, you're homesick, you don't have a job, like whatever the situation is, um, I don't recommend dating because you are going to put all of your safety needs on one person. And if you do meet someone, I was saying, I would recommend, and it's all like up to you, but I would recommend creating a friendship with that person first and just let them know like, hey, I really need safety in my life. So I need for us to just be friends for a few months. And if things go from there, like amazing, but if not, then I'm not going to get us hurt or we've created an amazing friendship. Um, so I really recommend that even for some people, especially if you are an anxious attachment style, I think it's a really healthy thing to do because then when you they've been in your life for a long time, you're like, oh, well, like we get along so well as friends that even if the dating didn't work, we would very likely go back to being friends. So I'm never going to lose this person for my life because a lot of people, they just are actually afraid of losing people from their lives that they get along really well with. Think about it. When you're dating a guy that you don't fucking like, if he breaks up with you, you're like, whatever, I don't care. But when you're dating someone that you're like, you just get along so well and it's so amazing you're really more upset about them leaving your life than the fact that you're not dating them anymore because you can just date somebody else right um so I think the safety piece is really important in that and then the other thing with like the conscious what was I saying oh yeah the conscious dating and the other being too much so so it's not about that you are too much as a person it's about in certain moments you're energy can be too much for somebody else's nervous system. So it's not that you're too much. It's that like if he's had a stressful work day, right, and he comes home and he just needs chill time and um, if you if he comes home from work and he's had a really stressful day and you all of a sudden just like start freaking out on him or you have this really intense conversation of like, where's the relationship going? Like, I need fucking, I need a label on this shit. Like I've got a time clock sticking. Do you want babies? He'd be like, Jesus Christ. And that would make him repel, not because you are too much, but because in that scenario, that is too much energy for his nervous system where it is shot after a long day, right? It's just like when you're feeling frustrated agile um, already in life and then like something happens and you're like fuck this shit and then you have a massive meltdown as a woman it's the exact same thing for a man right so if he is in this space and you're you're like you've like set the container and it's like I really want to talk to you about something it's kind of a lot let me know when you're feeling like you can handle that and then he comes into the conversation you have that conversation he probably can handle it because he's mentally prepared for it right he's literally prepared for it but if you Verbal, like if you just give him verbal diarrhea after a long day of work or like someone's just fucking died or he's just anxious on a shit day or whatever it is, that's going to repel him because the energy is too much. And I'm sure some of you can even think about it in terms of like when your girlfriends are like texting you nonstop or whatever and you've been really busy with work and you're just like, and you know, like those times when like you're so busy with work and everyone's fucking texting you and you're just like, oh my God, I need to turn my phone off. This is too much. Okay, that's an example where your friends aren't too much. It's just that the energy, your life right now is a bit much. And you're like, I just need to relax. It's the exact same thing, but just like, it's just like comprehended differently for men. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Incredible. So, um, what you're sharing, I had a episode on the podcast with my partner and we talked about how we have these conversations and he Amazing. really shared from his perspective, what works for him when I bring things to the table in that way. And there have been times where I 
have not brought them in that way and it hasn't worked well. So for anyone who's listening who wants to learn a little bit more about what that conversation might look like and, and how to really create that space to be heard and to be able to connect with your partner and get your point across without being quote unquote too much, mm-hmm. I recommend to go back. I literally have no idea what episode it is, but it's with myself and Nolan. I can't even remember what the title is, but you, you sound there, like so. me. I'm like, I'll refer an episode. And I'm like, I don't know which one it is. It's just here somewhere. Just, just find it. <laughs> yeah. So talking about that, you do have a podcast. So I'd love for you to share about your podcast, anywhere else that people can find you, anything that you have coming up that you want everyone to know about. So the best place for people to go to find me is definitely my Instagram. It's where I hang out the most. Uh, Monarchy Eats Health. And I've got my podcast, Feminine as Fuck. Um, depending what people are after, I've got so many different offerings. In the next couple of weeks, I'm opening my Badass Bitches Academy, which is all about um, building your business from feminine leadership from a place of flow ease all that jazz but with all the masculine structure so it's got the rational and the woo like it's just the smart way of doing it um and then the program that people always generally need to join is queen alchemy which isn't it won't be open for another cup another like it'll be open like late next march basically people can join early so if they just go to the website everything's there Amazing. We'll send them to your website, to your podcast, to your Instagram. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you for sticking with. We've had some fun internet glitches, but we made it work. You know what? I feel like it must be something special about our energy because I've had Zoom calls all day and haven't had this issue. Well, we're, we're, we're vibrating at a really high frequency right now. It's, so. it's gotta be that, like, it's gotta be that I've been on, like, I don't know whether you've ever been on like healing calls on zoom and like your whole screen will just get like fucking glitched. I've had like colors come up. It's crazy shit. Well, one of my favorite things about this conversation is that there was no roadmap. There was no plan. This was like, uh, I usually don't have specific questions that I'm going to ask, but we have topics mm. we're going to cover mm. and we literally just created it. So I I love it. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks everyone. Thanks again for joining me on this episode of the Feminine Frequency Podcast with Monica Yates. If you enjoyed this episode, please be sure to share it on your social media. You can take a screenshot, upload it to your stories and tag me and Monica. Let us know what you loved about the podcast. And you can also head on over to iTunes or your podcast app to leave a rating and review for this podcast. I so appreciate you being here. Thanks for listening and we'll see you on the next episode.